Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sinar. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Crockett and Tubbs. And we watched the airship movie. A, bo- a movie that <laughs> happens to have three musketeers in it. <laughs> I was really disappointed when the musketeers didn't return for the sequel, Mortal Engines. <laughs> My God. Now, this movie was, in fact... <laughs> Next uh, week's episode. I'm in. I, I have to admit, this movie is one of the ones I first heard about when I was working at the movie theater with Josh. And every single time I walked by, I was like, is that Michael Cera? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. And uh, I didn't think about it at all until uh, Alex watched it. Alex, can you remind me why you watched this movie? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) If we have to start explaining why we do things, I'm going to have to find a new podcast. I've got like three entries today alone. (laughs) I'm pretty sure what happened was I was just like clicking around IMDb on an afternoon and like I saw this existed and I was like, all right, there's no fucking way that's real. So I watched the trailer, and I paused it like halfway through and immediately downloaded it and hit play. I, I have a feeling that you watched Gaber, and you're just like, wow, that was really good, and then you decided that you would watch this. <laughs> I mean, you compared him to Michael Sarah, which is one of the most offensive things anyone's ever said about Michael Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's up there with comparing him to Jesse Eisenberg. Right, yeah. Okay, let's, uh, before we get into all that, uh, Parker, do we have any news? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like there was going to be something, and then I just fucking forgot about it. Yeah, I don't... We're recording earlier than usual, and I have... Let me put it this way. There was a point that I was getting groceries while watching The Three Musketeers on my phone inside of a Tom Thumb, because I was running out of time. (laughs) (laughs) I I did not plan my day accordingly. Oh, I'm sorry. So I was just pushing a shopping cart while watching an airship battle. (laughs) I hope you didn't miss anything. (laughs) I've been... I've been better. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Do you guys have some? I, I don't have that to the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, let's hear it. Hey, Alex. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Why'd you assign a movie with James Corden in it? <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> oh, man. My day wasn't going bad enough. <laughs> I get tears. Oh, what's all this then? He is so much worse than this than I thought. It's so much more annoying than he is. Is that fat shithead cat? I know. How could he get? How does how does this get worse than cats? It's the only consolation. The only consolation is that this character exists solely to be abused by other characters. They do that delightful piss-throwing scene from uh, Quest of the Delta Knights. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta throw some piss, man. <laughs> well, you never played TF2? Fair. Okay, my jerk of the week is Paul Wes Anderson for, uh, tell- for reminding me of Quest of the Delta Knights. <laughs> <laughs> my jerk of the week is everyone suppressing the information about what the fuck happened to the doc. 
<laughs> Our truther campaign lives on another week. I feel like, I feel like that's been a multiple jerk of the week. I feel like we should just move it out of jerk of the week and make it its own segment. <laughs> Doc Watch. And, and our new segment. Do we know what happened to Dr. Disrespect yet? No. All right, Chris, what did you watch this week? That, Inspecting like disrespect. <laughs> I think it was like a Twitter account that should be, did, uh, did the secrets of Dr. Disrespect's banning be revealed yet? Today. No. All right. So. We just uh, look inside this cabinet I ordered. <laughs> no, no clues in here. Let me just keep ordering them. Yeah, just think about like a Scooby Doo thing. Belba's looking inside with the blurry. Vision. He's got to be in one of them. Just keep buying, guys. <laughs> oh, running out of money. Okay, let's talk about what we watched recently. Well, this one's going to be a, a little embarrassing. Just, just sit down. <laughs> when I tell you about it, don't try to get too hyped up. But uh, you know, I've been going through the list, right? And uh, I, so there's a lot of horror movies on there. Some of these are, are classics that I've never seen. And I finally watched a classic that I've never seen before. Uh, but I'm glad that I finally got the chance to see it. Uh, guys, I watched Psycho. Two. Weird. And oh, uh, this is... <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first half. <laughs> now, Parker, do you remember Psycho? Do you remember, like, the shower scene? Where it's, like, in black and white and they stabs her in the shower? Uh-huh. Well, the people who made this movie definitely remember it because cold open, that's what the movie starts with. Oh, good. Because <laughs> that's what makes it spooky. It, it's not shot for shot remake. It's just the exact scene and they just put it into the movie. And uh, then at the very end of it, while she's sitting bleeding at the tub, it says Psycho 2. And uh, they, they do that. Uh, this movie's actually really good. This movie's yeah, I've heard actually... like, surprisingly great things about it. Quentin Tarantino. Not so much three and four, but you know. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino There's said that. Four? Uh, yeah. Bloody. I think there might be more. Um, I'm so glad I don't have your autism. Come into my knee nest and I'll show you the world. I've not seen them yet. I yeah. My autism is at bay for now. Uh, Quentin Tarantino now. said that uh, Psycho 2 was better than Psycho 1. I don't I don't know if I agree with that, but he might be onto something. Uh, there's so much to recommend. First of all, it's just nice to see Anthony Perkins again because he's a really good actor. Uh, it, it's uh, the other actors who are in it are pretty good too. You got uh, Robert Loggia and who else is in it? They got Meg Tilly, the sister of Jennifer Tilly. She's really, really good. Uh, it's like you, you think about it, you think it's going to be like a shameful reuse of certain things, like oh, Anthony Perkins is back. And like, really, of all people, Anthony Perkins is supposed to scare me. He's like an actual good actor. The guy was nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, now, I will admit, uh, before I say all the good stuff, I want to say something that's really, really stupid. At the beginning of the movie, uh, basically, Anthony Perkins is released from jail. Norman Bates is released from jail and because uh, he only served because of insanity. So he was able to get out after 20 years of, I guess, good behavior. And he he's released back to the same hotel, or, or the same motel, the same house and everything. It's like, maybe don't put him there. But he's there, and, he, and he's, like, wandering through the empty house. It's the exact same house from the original, by the way, which is really cool. And he sees the door where his mother used to lay, and he hears a voice in his head. And they do the voice that sounds like, I'll show you what happens to naughty little boys who poison their mother. Oh, so it's a British movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do an accent for that one. Uh, but uh, He does wear a dress in that first one. So here's the thing. Uh, yeah. So he's <laughs> he is he is back in the movie, right? Uh, and the the murders start happening. The murders start happening again, which is 
obvious. It's going to be Psycho too. It's not going to be a romantic drama. Uh, but well, you have to though? you have to figure out who's doing all the killings. And the movie breadcrumb it really breadcrumbs in like an obvious way. It's like oh, it's got to be this character. It is so obviously this character, and then something it just swerves into something entirely unexpected. And I don't know if people would like the twist. Or if they would say it's really stupid, because you definitely do not see it coming. They don't really set it up well for that end. But on the one hand, when I saw it, my jaw actually dropped. And I guess it's worth watching just for that. Plus, there's like an actual really good scare that's not gory or bloody or anything. It doesn't even involve a murder, but it's, it's like suspense. And suspense is a genre that isn't made anymore. It's either horror or thriller. And that it's nice to see something that's like, it's suspenseful. I don't know what's going to happen. In fact, the ending is actually a double jaw dropper because not only do they have this really sick reveal, they do something that I, I don't know how they accomplish it. Maybe it's just really great sound effects, but oh my goodness, it is worth watching just for that. You will say, oh fuck! And uh, it's definitely worth watching. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. So one of my favorite moments, actually, Jennifer Tilly's in this, and she's, like, maybe 20 years old, and Anthony Perkins is in it. He's maybe, like, 50 years old. He's just got released, and she comes by his house, he's like, oh, you can uh, spend the night here. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, sure. And he's like, can I make you a sandwich? And uh, she she's like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, could you cut it for me? And he's like, oh, sorry, I uh, don't have a knife. And she goes out, she pulls out the exact same knife from all the killing, and she's like, oh, here you go. Hands it to him, like, whiskers around in her hand and just hands it to him, easy as you please. Just like nothing's going, like it's no big deal. Uh, I will say this, I have not read the book Psycho 2, but I know what's, what it's about. It's by Robert Block, who's one of the greatest writers of all time, and... Psycho 2 was about uh, Anthony Perkins escaping from prison to go to Hollywood to stop them making a movie about his life. So, as far as insults to uh, literary works go, you can't get much more insulting than this, but honestly, I'd rather watch this version of Psycho 2 than an adaptation of, he goes to Hollywood to stop the creation of... That sounds like one of those fucking... That, that sounds like a new nightmare, you know? Isn't that the plot of Jalen Silent Bob Strike Back? That too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they were based on a Robert Block uh, movie. Uh, I actually highly recommend this movie. Uh, Parker, I think you'd really, really like it. I always forget that that's a franchise. Anytime I'm like, all right, which ones haven't I watched yet? I never, ever think of Psycho. Is it a oh, franchise? That thing's been dead for a while. I mean, they made like four or five of them. They made like yeah. four and a shitty TV movie that counts. They made that Shot for Shot <laughs> remake, which is one of the most insulting God. things I've ever seen. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, I've seen that. I'm Football so season's around the corner, folks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ask me though? anything about that movie. Vince Vaughn jerking off. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay, so... Uh, so, so Chris, to, to wrap up on Psycho 2, no airships, right? Hold on. No airships. Don't ruin okay. the... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next movie I watched is a good movie that I hate. And there's Ooh. not a lot of those. I think it's important to, to say, if you like really hate something... If you can still admit that it's a pretty good movie, then, you know, okay, go for it. And uh, that's what I have to do here. Uh, the movie is Fatal Attraction. And um, it's, it's not bad at all. It really isn't. It's well shot. It's really well acted. It's very, very well written in a very uh, effective and realistic way with a surprising amount of restraint. And it tells a basic moral dilemma. It is, in fact, wrong to cheat on your significant other. Uh, have you guys uh, seen this movie? It I has told, been eons. Yeah, <laughs> I told you that I have not, and also for some reason I've always gotten it confused with Basic Instinct. I, I don't understand why. Same though. Literally every okay, person confuses God. it with Basic Instinct. Oh, thank and God. Here's I the reason. I had poo brains. Yeah, here, here's the reason why. 
the lead actor is uh, Michael Douglas, and he has uh, very troubling sexual relations in this movie. So set the set the movie up for you. Michael Douglas is a, a high salaried attorney living in New York City, and he's got a beautiful wife played by Ann Archer, who's just wonderful, and a stupid daughter. And uh, they go out of town to look at a new house uh, near Grandma. Oh, I gotta live by her mother-in-law. <laughs> Whatever. Then he comes across Glenn Close, uh, and he uh, he decides that uh, you know what. What the hell? I'll just cheat on my wife with Glenn Close. And uh, they have a torrid brief affair. And then Glenn Close gets a little too clingy. And he's like, look, we really need to like cut this off here. Because like, I'm married. I can't really be doing this. Uh, and she decides, oh, no, no. You will be with me forever. And uh, she acts... It's, it's not a nice thing to say, but the movie is pretty clear. She is acting crazy over this, and uh, she goes way too far. And obviously, he's still, like, part of the problem because he still cheated on his wife, but uh, it's pretty clear that she goes way too far in some of this stuff. So here's a reason why I hate it. It's This is, a, like, its own genre of movies. It reminds me of Knock Knock and Kitten with a Whip. Who's there? <laughs> It reminds me of Knock Knock. He was on a roll and everything. <laughs> he just wanted me to shut up. <laughs> no, I just haven't given you a who's there in months. That's right, yeah, because I haven't mentioned Knock Knock. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot like Knock Knock and Kitten with the Whip. And it's, the genre is a woman won't leave you alone. And that's misogynistic because I don't know a movie where a guy does the same thing. You know, I, I hate Michael Douglas's character for cheating on his wife. I hate Glenn Close's character for engaging in an affair with him because she knows that he's married. And I hate that she kills an innocent animal. Parker, not with a little lady. Oh, trust me. Yeah. I think this was on that fucking Bravo 100 scary And the bunny. <laughs> the only reason I know this movie exists, Mike. This doesn't look like a horror movie. Oh, Oh no! So this created Party. this created a really sexist term called bunny boiler, which is uh, popular in certain parts of the world to describe an obsessive woman uh, who won't give up an affair. Uh, it, I hate that she kidnaps an innocent child. Not to give too much away here, I, I I guess the only characters I like are the wife and the daughter, and I hate that they got unfairly hurt. Most of all, I guess I just hate infidelity. Maybe it's like Catholic in me talking. I don't know. But I, and I know that's like the whole point of the movie. It's like watching a war movie and going like, I hate that people get killed. But like, that's that's the difference is because war movies usually have like likable characters and they, they make you think and they make you feel. There's something, there's like a point to watching them. And I can't stand these two leads. And I, I can't stand it when it's a basic instinct or kitten with a whip or knock knock. It, it's it's kind of a struggle for what do I do here? Do I say this is good? I'm, I, yeah, I guess it's a good movie, and there are parts that are uh, kind of scary because it feels so realistic. But I'm not going to pretend like I like this because I really didn't. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Now you know how I feel about Joker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, now one I guess might be a little bit shorter. Uh, Parker, I watched a movie called Black Sunday. I think I've seen that one. Black That's Sun one of the ones I was talking about off mic of like, did I watch this? Litterbox thinks I did. I don't remember. <laughs> I'd have to look it up. Man, that breaks my heart because this is the movie that horror movie culture should be about. Not Friday the 13th, not Saw, not Universal Monster Movies. This. This is the movie that you should like obsessively research behind the scenes bullshit. 
this is the movie where you get the poster and you hang it in your room. This is the movie where you watch it on Halloween. This is like so, so good. So basically... Okay, shit. Sorry, I haven't watched this one. Not to cut you off. No, it's okay. <laughs> I was starting to feel super guilty. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. It's it's an Italian movie that was dubbed into English. Uh, and it's it's like about this, uh, this witch who was burned at the stake. And she comes back from the dead. But because it was made in Europe, they could get away with a lot more of those gory special effects than you could with American movies in the 1960s. And it's like actually really entertaining and really good so uh i i definitely recommend black sunday i've had this on my hard drive since i think last year when we were just binging shit like mad i haven't gotten to it yet i'm i don't know what i'm confusing it with but i watched something very very similar but it's not this okay but, uh, all right if, if you like it shit <laughs> yeah I'll watch it i i really liked it so i was in the mood for movies with like you know satan in the title because this is originally called like the mask of satan or something like that so I finally watched Satan Tango. You second. You My you know that not one. Satan Tango. I guess you might know it by. Hang on, let me look at it. I, I'll I'll let you look up Satan Tango, and you will know why it's so distinctive. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Barker, would you like to I, read? I out? see. <laughs> would you like to read out that runtime? <sighs> I got tired just seeing. 432 minutes what the fuck i forgot that this is something you've been threatening me with yeah for ever really so this is the thing is like i know i can't actually threaten it with you because you'll just not watch it yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like there's like a sort of those like ah oh, come on i i gotta go through the dare sort of thing but like it's the same thing with the seagull you just wouldn't watch it. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Santago is extremely sequels. well known for being a, a, a seven and seven hour, thirty minute movie or something like that. It's in oh, black and God. white. It's in Hungarian. And oh, the fuck is the, wrong with you? The average shot length, I think, is well over a minute and a half. And oh, cool! So Ari Aster worked on this. <laughs> Say my average shot length's a foot and a half. Oh man, I <laughs> I put it on. I uh, sort of like you know what time to just watch. It. I want to watch it all in one sitting, which is apparently the preferred way to do it. From who? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it. I don't. I don't think. I don't think anybody's ever actually watched this movie. I think it's just like that Lions beat writer talking about Matt Kessler. <laughs> I, I think maybe that's the thing because I t- I want to take one from Kevin Murphy on this one. This movie dares you to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> when I say it's in black and white, you're like, oh, it's going to be boring. That's not what makes it boring. What makes it boring is that they're all farmers and nothing happens on their stupid oh, farm. God. <laughs> this is nothing I hate more than farmers. <laughs> <laughs> they're just farmers in, like, bumfuck hungry in, like, black and white times. They're just like, you know, Eremius is coming back. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Chris, bumfuck hungry is redundant. Oh. <laughs> That's a fair point. Fair point. So, uh, if they're so hungry, just grow some food, dude. Shit, I thought the farmers. <laughs> I've been drinking. <laughs> Shout out to the sauce. Got it down here. So, uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, anyway, I, 
I don't know, dude. The best way that I can possibly compare this to anything is this is the metal machine music of movies. Like, you put it on, be like, oh, you guys want to see, like, a really good movie? <laughs> and, like, you put it on. The opening shot immediately is just like, okay, I got it. Really funny joke. Because it's just a bunch of cows. It's just a bunch of cows, and it's raining. It's on a farm. It's in black and white, and nothing's happening. <laughs> Chris watched the Ram Ranch movie. <laughs> It is like and, and the same thing with metal machine music is you put it on as a joke and you and you put it on like your favorite movies list as a joke. You don't sit there and you watch the entire thing unless you're me. This is something like they put on fucking Hey Arnold, like, oh we're gonna watch a movie in class today. And it's just the whole period of them watching people in Hungary wrestle cows around. They don't well, even know do communism that. No. was bad. They just talk to each other, you know, Arimius is coming back. I mean, but but is he though? He does come back, and it's like different people's right. perspective on Arabius coming back. I was just I was just making sure he actually came back. This wasn't like a bait, like Thin Lizzy. No, no. no, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's in real time, and you have to watch him walk all the way from fucking Slovakia. Oh, oh no, his shoes untied. Oh my god, he's gonna stop. Oh come on, man, just, just get with it. Oh, look, he's going inside that racetrack to grab some taquitos. We're going to be here forever. <laughs> okay, so uh, the next one I watched is an actual really good movie. I watched Day of the Dead. Oh, so good. Now, here's the thing is, I, I have brain worms, so for the longest time, I didn't even know Day of the Dead existed. When people mentioned it, I thought they were talking about Dawn of the Dead. Uh, they're really, really uh, similar. The same director, uh, George Romero, who, uh, Parker, you may have heard of, he makes zombie movies and nothing else. Rest uh, in peace, King. <laughs> Oh, I forgot he passed away. So, uh, Day of the Dead uh, is the sequel to Dawn of the Dead, the final in the Dead trilogy, and it might be the best. This movie is so, so good. The effects, like, Parker and I have talked a lot about Tom Savini, the legendary special effects man in Hollywood, being kind of a dick at uh, all those, like, fan events and, like, uh, programs or whatever that he goes on to, because he will really only talk to you if you have an ample amount of cleavage, We'll get to that. Uh, but you know what? He's earned that, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what? After watching this, he's earned it. I, I might get some fat old double Ds myself. He's got know? powerful form two lines energy, and I respect it. Yeah, like the first <laughs> zombie you see in this movie is scarier than any other zombie you'll see in any other movie. It is terrible. Well, like the clear. jaw. <laughs> well, no, seriously, like give this one a chance. No, I know. Like, like this podcast, I think, is three for three on you can keep any zombie movie. And yet, Correct. Comma. That's the thing is, like, and, and yet we've done this like a dozen different times. Well, that's, no, that's the thing. It's like I every once in a while I come across my new favorite zombie movie. For a while, I think my my three favorite zombie movies were uh, Planet Terror, uh, One Cut of the Dead, and uh, Paranorman. And those are like those are my three yeah, favorite zombie three. movies. And those aren't even like real zombie movies. Like one of them is like a parody of zombie movies. The other is like how to make a zombie movie, and the other is like a little stop motion kids movie. And those are really yeah, like good every ones. time someone posts their favorite zombie movies and Shaun of the Dead's on it, you want to do the jerk off motion, but also they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's better than yeah. most zombie movies, and it kind of got me to thinking: is like most zombie movies are parodying the same movie this movie and this is better than most zombie parody movies so fucking good like you think about like left for dead is like oh that's doing every single zombie movie ever made no it's doing day of the dead specifically that's what they're doing you know army dude is so powerful his oh my goodness you have not seen a more powerful movie asshole until you see this guy like his eyes bugging out of his skull 
all, all the hyena, all the guys have hyena laughs in this fucking movie. <laughs> you watched this last night. My one regret about us doing this two days early is because you made me remember. Oh yeah, he did Land of the Dead, and the second build actor is John Leguizamo, and I didn't have time to watch it today. <laughs> I was, man. That's what the world needs is John Leguizamo and Dennis Hopper in a zombie movie. You know, the most uh, appalling thing about this is that this was the lowest grossing of all the all the dead movies. And I'm like, how in the world? Why did no one go see this? Besides the fact that there are no billable actors in this. Like, no one has a recognizable name. And then I realized it came out like four days before Back to the Future. That little That's a fucking movie. I cannot stand <laughs> every you. fucking two weeks. Oh Thank you. Ah, the twenty fifth anniversary. Of like, who gives a fuck? I, I'm glad we're all on the Thank same you. page. I I think Back to the Future is one of the all time great moron movies. I don't think I've ever finished it. It's I literally like, like, don't care. It is in the exact same basket as the Goonies for me. It's like they're oh. movies that I'm sure if you watched with your parents when you were eight and like were in the right mindset, you probably loved them. But I saw them when I was like nine or ten, and I'm like, this is just dumb. I I think I view it the same way that most people view Independence Day. It's it was a popcorn movie. You have to turn off your brain to enjoy it. And I'm like, you shouldn't be saying that about a movie where you use time travel. But it's like really, really, really stupid, and all the characters are really, really stupid. And I, right. I, I kind of feel like you could do a lot better than than. Anyway, We're back fight over Independence Day. Though. Yeah, uh, but uh, Day of the Dead, actual good movie. Uh, the one last thing before I move on, Parker, I wanted to do an impression of the Doctor's voice. <laughs> That's so cool. Now have I been have I been walking around my house practicing this voice? You decide. This is solid J.K. Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to him getting all of this money promised and being like, alright, it's going to be all ready, right? He's like, no. He's like, alright, cool. Well, here's half your budget. Then rewrite the movie, dickhead. It's John Romero, or George Romero. I'm yeah. sorry. Never caught a break his whole career. And then right before he died, The Walking Dead became the biggest thing on the planet. This is it hurts my heart thing. every time I think about it. Yeah, this, this movie is so, so everyone should watch this movie. You know, don't watch this. Don't watch... I don't know any other zombie movie. <laughs> Watch this one. Now speaking of fucking made two masterpieces and also creep show and was like, oh, what's your script? There's no zombies. No, we're not funding that. <laughs> God damn it! Breaks my heart. <laughs> so uh, one last one here. Um, I watched another movie, but I didn't really finish it. So I, you know, uh, I finally watched Battle Royale because uh, Michelle was getting on me. Hey, have you not seen Battle Royale? You got to see this. I'm like, okay, okay. I, I put it on. It's a really good movie. Uh, I'll admit that Battle Royale is very good. But every single character is so fucking stupid. And it really starts to get to me. (laughs) Like, okay, here's the rule. Yeah. Yeah, so you're familiar (laughs) with Battle Royale, right? I watched it. I watched a 700 megabyte hard-coded subtitle thing. Like twelve years ago, so you watched so the preferred. We probably version. have the same one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably the preferred version. So uh, I watched a special cut, which had like a kids' basketball game in it for some reason. But, oh, but, good. Uh, <laughs> That's what that movie needed. Yeah. Well, apparently that was a very important part of the story. It's like that shows that the kids are close together. I'm like, okay. So here's the rules of Thanks. Battle Royale. If you, most people know about it because they watch the Hunger Games. So uh, <laughs> I like how in Battle Royale they have the guy from uh, MXC in the place of Donald Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Vic Romano. <laughs> Man, remember the Hunger Games? 
Yeah, that was a no. phenomenal. I, I just want to mention for the Hunger Games when that trailer initially came out, they used to play all the time at the theater where I was working. Uh, Donald Sutherland is like the main like guy or whatever, and he says "Happy Hunger Games," but he says it in like a really old Donald Sutherland voice. Where he says "Happy Hunger Games," and so Josh and I used to do that to each other a lot, which uh, you could probably expect. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Isn't Philip Seymour Hoffman in that? He might be. I don't know. I Doesn't Woody Harrelson have stupid? Man, don't need to watch. Everyone that. has no, stupid. I hair. No, I don't. No, no, I don't need to. We, I don't need to watch. Just imagine how much better off we'd be if our generation was obsessed with that book series instead. That one's not literally not any like other a book series. Please, uh, just what if like all it's the not Harry Potter people were second, just but... super into animorphs instead? Okay, so anyway, back to Battle Royale. So the rules of Battle Royale are they kidnap a whole bunch of. First of all, I don't know why they're doing this. I may have missed it. Why do they uh, take all these kids there? Because the movie opens with yeah, fifteen percent unemployment, ten million people out of work. So uh, we just had kids start killing each other, and I looked out the window. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, buddy. Us wages are holding down the line for <laughs> Here you. Here we go. <laughs> Doing great. Yeah. So uh, anyway, they, they kidnap a class. Just a class. I think it was what, 40 kids that they bring to uh, Fight Island. Um, and, uh, Good name, though. Which is, isn't that where they just had that latest UFC fight or something? Uh, anyway, they bring them to Fight Island, and they're like, okay, uh, you, you each get a back. Think of a couple islands that'd be worse. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Me and the skulls are going to little St. James Martin. <laughs> anyway, so they bring them to uh, Fight Island, and they each one of the students gets a duffel bag. It has some supplies in it, and it has a quote-unquote weapon. Sometimes it's like a machine gun, sometimes it's a pot lid. And uh, they are told... Okay, 10 square kilometers, and you have to kill everyone you meet. And last man standing wins the biscuit. And if there isn't one single solitary winner by the end of this, all your heads explode like those little uh, necklace bombs like in Suicide Squad. Uh, so damn it. do it or else. And, like, okay, that's those are the rules. And those rules are pretty ironclad. And the movie makes it very clear that uh, they will kill you. Like they kill a whole bunch of the students. There's a whole lot of blood in there. We'll get to that in a bit. But that being said, if you're one of the students in this movie, shouldn't you just follow the rules? I know it's kind of tough. Oh, I really like that girl. Oh, I haven't lost my virginity yet. Oh, I really like that. Whatever. Same. Just, just kill every person you come across. Wouldn't that make sense? You only have three days. Like, it only makes sense to just go fucking Rambo on this. And yet there are multiple occasions where students will encounter each other and just be like, no, 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 you go on ahead or something. Why? Why Why would you keep them safe? Why wouldn't you just try to kill them? I understand, like, oh, we'll create these bombs to try to take down the system, which, by the way, didn't end up working out for him, does it? But uh, I, and maybe I'm missing the point of the movie. Maybe the movie is supposed to be satirical or something like that. It's like, oh, you know, the relationships and see how they get broken down or something like that. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing it, but it feels like every character is really, really stupid. And it kind of it kind of makes the movie a little tough to watch in that regard. That being said, uh, I did have fun with it. I, I like some of the effects. I, I like, uh, although watching this right after Day of the Dead was like, oh, this game. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Like, like 15. That's a, that's a whipsaw right there. I know. It's like 15 years afterwards. And like the movie that's 15 years older has so much better special effects than this. But uh, one movie had Tom Savini, and the other one had some Japanese guy who I'm not familiar with. So what are you gonna do? Uh, it, it's a it's a fine movie. It's pretty decent. I, I like that it led to a whole bunch of influences, such as The Hunger Games, PUBG. If uh, seven if, and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> 
if someone were to come up to me and say, "Hey, name a movie that high schoolers like," it would be one of the first five things I named. Right. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is both a compliment and an insult. Because a lot of those movies are good, but some of those movies are like Equilibrium and Boondock Saints. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's those three are in the exact same. Like, oh, I remember Battle Royale. That's when I, oh, that's when I watched the Boondock Saints like five times and told mm. my friends it was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I haven't revisited because it's like, man, sometimes you just want to keep a good memory. Yeah. Well. Ah, yeah, like Chris did in 2019. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> Saints Day, huh? It's, it's a lot really of Saints. All of them. Well, I am it's a all of them, man. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, Battle Royale. Uh, I, I just want to make... Th- First of all, you know, Quentin Tarantino said that like this was his favorite movie. He said, if I could make any movie that I hadn't made already, it would be this movie. And uh, I did some more digging. Apparently, this was super controversial when it came out. Like, the Japanese parliament tried to get it banned and didn't succeed in fact they made things worse because people are like what's all this hype about oh, oh, see this movie so it's one of the top 10 highest grossing movies in japanese history uh, and uh so it came over here and uh many people acquired it illicitly through 700 megabyte files and uh it, <clears throat> it became very popular and obviously it influenced the hunger games first of all the the author of the hunger games said that she was like yeah well i saw that people were poor in iraq so i watched so i wrote the hunger games Fuck you. you. You watched this movie and you wrote a book about it. <laughs> like, like, I'll choke it aside. When you're 13, so it's like his movie where a bunch of kids get put on an island and murder each other. Not going to not download it. And then also Correct. they remake it, but instead of Japanese kids, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I'm not going to not watch it. So, I again, like, I, I'm I watching. about that. So, like, I'm watching. I'm like, where is the controversy here? It's really not that bad the high schoolers are talking like real high schoolers which i kind of like uh i think maybe it could be all the blood there is a significant amount of blood but the gore is nothing compared to day of the dead i'll tell you that much and maybe it's the fact that it's kids i think that's the reason it's like oh it's all these kids doing violence to each other because you'll notice a lot of horror movies you're not going to get a dead kid when you kill a kid it's like oh shit they're serious and you, you guys know how i feel about violence against children but in this movie, now skip. Yeah, this movie, that's kind of like the narrative. If that's your conceit of the movie, I, I guess I'm okay with it. Plus, they're killing each other, and you know, whatever. But uh, uh, last thing uh, to mention about this, uh, I think the the real thing that I loved about Battle Royale is that little trading video that they watch beforehand. With that, I, there's no other way to describe the host of that video other than live action anime. It, it's like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, and uh, I, I can't speak Japanese, but I. I wish I could quote her on it because it was really, really funny. I, I think I'll do it for a rewatch. Yeah, I, I yeah, you know, it's, I don't think I'll hate it. It's just you know, I, I'd say stick to Psycho Two, try Fatal Attraction, uh, Battle Rail. Maybe maybe you've got better memories of it than I do. I I don't <laughs> know. There there are parts that I really really liked, and other parts I was just like, I've I've seen better Japanese movies. Lord knows, I've been burned enough times. So I go, I might not hate this, and then ninety <laughs> minutes later, just. Oops. Okay, uh, speaking of oops, sorry I took so long talking about all those movies. Alex, what did you watch? Hopefully a seven oh, and a half. Oh, don't worry. I, I also watched a seven and a half. No, I'm yeah, great. Um, <laughs> Parker, buddy, how much of our Miami Vice conversation was on mic last week? Um, I think a lot of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I haven't dove in, dove in, because I'm waiting for the world to shut down a second time. So I figure I just, you know, put it off for like two weeks and then I'll have a chance to watch everything. But I did, <laughs> I did watch an episode because I was scrolling through just reading the episode blurbs because you know, like it's fun sometimes. <laughs> I see one <laughs> where Crockett gets a concussion or something and becomes his alter ego, who is a coke seller. 
end. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> he just, he fucking forgets who he is and starts selling drugs. <laughs> it's incredible. God damn it. Because it's like the 80s, so like, it's a character that looks exactly the same, but like with slightly darker clothes on, but also it's Don Johnson. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. I need to watch more Miami Vice. Same. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming if you watched uh, the Grudge thing, that we'll talk about it when you're up. <sighs> Not yet. It's it's. I funny. was gonna binge it today. <laughs> I woke up to a text and went, Oops. "Oh shit! I have to yeah. watch the Three Musketeers now." <laughs> so, uh, only other thing I watched. You guys, it's a real shame The Perfect Storm is such a saccharine movie because there is so much episode-worthy material there. <laughs> Man, that is a movie I've not thought about in a long time. What is The Perfect Storm? I don't remember this. Uh, it's George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg on the fishing boat that gets caught out at sea. Good. And also they're from Boston. Oh, hey, yo, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, he got Chris, my attention. I feel, I feel like it, you've never seen this, I'm assuming. Correct. I don't saying. even think I've heard of this. There's no way you haven't heard of the Perfect Storm. Maybe, Everybody's seen that fucking it. trailer shot of the boat going like vertical. Like I can see it. That's all I've seen since you brought the name I, up. I think I Correct. forgot about it or something. Chris, at some point you'll watch this movie and you'll be furious because Diane Lane's accent is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it is like like I am not from Boston. I do not like people from Boston. Hey. I love making fun of bad accents. This is so bad that like even I was mad. <laughs> But you called it, it saccharine. Is, is this like a decent movie? It's it is good if you're grading on the curve of like late '90s, early 2000s disaster movies. Like it's so well weird. acted. The, the cast of this movie is incredible. Okay, so like the the fucking like other characters on the boat are John C. Riley, William Fickner, and John Hawks. What the fuck? And also we get local weatherman Shooter McGavin. God damn it! Okay, so that's how this happened. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, it's good. Like, Mark Wahlberg's actually good in this movie. George Clooney is pretty miscast in this movie, but it's fine because he's George Clooney, so you don't really care. It's a good movie. It's just, like... I wanted this to be, like, 20% stupider. Which, you know... I remember the trailer you were talking about. I was like, oh, this looks like a real movie. Yeah, that's it's, why I think I've never thought of it because it came out when I was a kid, and I was like, "Oh, this looks like a real, actual drama." It's, it's like it's a real movie in like the same sense that like Twister is a real movie. <laughs> okay, I might be misremembering it then because Twister is not a real movie, right? Twister, yeah, but Twister like tried to sell itself as a real movie. It's, it's like all these serious people chasing tornadoes and shit. Like, trust me, as the only person, hopefully, that's rewatched Twister in the past couple years, like that movie takes itself so seriously. I tried to rewatch it. Uh, so I'm count? glad you stopped. Yeah, me too. It's like, you're like, oh, cool. I saw this and I was like seven. I remember that scene of those fucking cows getting blown around, that barn with all the knives in it. And yeah, that's the only good part of the movie. Sure, there's a lot of movie around that. Yeah. But yeah, storm if you... chasing <laughs> and then the rival storm chasers. Yeah. Like, if, if you like two-hour dramas set on a boat with a lot of Mark Wahlberg, it's right up your alley. It's like, it's pretty good. But also, like, it could be so stupid, and it's not. Which, I hate that that's a disappointment for me, but this is where I've arrived in life. Parker, what do you got for us? Oh, buddy. I'll get to the mistakes later. So, uh, back on the, the old Christopher Nolan hunt, I watched Insomnia, a movie that I don't think anyone on the planet remembers exists. 
Right, threat. including me, and I'm a big Nolan beard. It's uh, no, I, I remember this one for that exact reason, though. <laughs> it's actually pretty good, to be honest with you. Oh. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, I don't know why it's just disappeared entirely from public consciousness. It's very solid. Everyone gives good performances. It's the kind of movie that just doesn't exist anymore. Where it's just like, it's like a nice, like, you know, mid-range budget. Got some stars in there. Nice sleepy movie. But no, it's just... I really love, like, the whole gimmick of it's just daytime all the time. And they don't, like, beat you over the head with it. Like, there's one scene where Al Pacino's like, ah, oh, I didn't really get into a lot of sleep last night. And by the end of the movie, he just looks like a Wojak. <laughs> he just looks like he's dying in every scene he's in. It's... It's really good, and it's kind of crazy that Nolan made like three movies in a row that were all these like hip neo noirs. Like, oh man, this is this guy's thing, and then they just hand him Batman, and now he's like one of three directors that exists. Like, oh, are you gonna go see the new Christopher Nolan movie? Like, he could have just been some guy making twenty million dollar movies forever, like a David Fincher, but now he's the director. But yeah, like it's doesn't deserve to be forgotten at all. I'll, I'll try and to check it out really, at one point. The fact that the main cop's name is Dormer was difficult for me, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Fuck. But, like, even Nolan's quote-unquote worst is, like, a still like a three, three-and-a-half stars. Like, it's fucking solid. Everyone's good in it. Rest in power, Robin Williams. So we've been watching a lot of Shameless in this house because it was on Netflix, <laughs> and she can just binge TV shows like no one's business. And William H. Macy is the patriarchal figure of the show. Which should let him eventually go and, hey, you ever seen Fargo? <laughs> Any excuse to turn on Fargo, I feel, is a positive use of time. Yeah. And I pretty much have the same thing to say I did about Blood Simple. Like, what, what the fuck am I going to say? <laughs> Everyone yeah. knows it's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to add to this conversation. It's incredibly good. I didn't remember much of it. I know my mom fucking loved this movie. This was on all the time when it was hitting cable. I've seen, like... I don't think I'd ever seen it start to finish, but I could patch together the whole movie. Like, where's the wood chipper? I know there's a fucking wood chipper. Yeah. Oh, not realizing it's yeah. the literal end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like I said, I don't really have anything to add. It's a great movie that everyone on the planet has seen. That's a movie that I really need to rewatch because I saw that when I was like 17 and it didn't work for me. And I've just, like, had a negative opinion of it, like, this whole time. And yet every every time somebody talks about it, I'm like, fuck, I need to go back. I love every other Coen Brothers movie. Like, why haven't I rewatched this yet? I, I, I think I had, like, a similar experience. In fact, I think I watched it around the same time, too, when I was 17. And I, I liked it, but I definitely didn't love it. But the more I thought back about it over the years, I was like, that was really good. Yeah, you should both rewatch it. It's yeah. very good. A movie, like, I didn't, like... I've known about it. I know my mom watched it all the time, but when I turned around, I was like, huh, Steve Buscemi's in this. That's the <laughs> level I was coming to it at. Like, yeah. I knew of the movie and that everyone loved it, but I didn't really know anything about it except the accents. God, Which, uh, fucking accents. <laughs> and you complain about Boston. Oh, no, I'm not even complaining. Like, well, poor yeah, people because people actually make movies about Boston. It's been like Good. 20 years, and you just know every time someone's like, oh, where are you from? Minnesota. Oh, like, fucking stop it. <laughs> I, I know. I've seen the film. I'm aware. I, I feel worse for them than I feel for the Canadians. So, and that's exactly. I mean, it's basically the same place. So. You're not wrong. So, for some I don't know why, I think. Oh, no, I know why, because I got the stars after work, and they have a million movies. And I'm scrolling through, I'm like, huh. Desperado's on here. 
Well, I'm not doing anything. Let me pop this on. I haven't seen this since I was like 15. I've never in my life wanted to see two people in a movie fuck each other more than Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek. <laughs> it is almost unfair how attractive both of them are. But, uh, so I remembered a good chunk of this. I forgot that Danny Trejo has one scene, which is just him throwing knives at people. <laughs> I also forgot Fuck, that one guy right. has a guitar case that's also a rocket launcher. It's easy to forget that Robert Rodriguez used to make really, really good movies. And, like, <laughs> yeah. I watched El Mariachi last week, and I forgot to bring it up because I got so excited about the skulls. <laughs> it's, like, I watched both of these. <laughs> Sorry. But you can take like, his first couple movies and go... Well, you know, he did it all by himself. Like he wrote it, produced it, edited it, directed it, did all the effects, and then you say the exact same thing for like the second half of his career, and they have very, very different meanings. Yeah. <laughs> Why should he do that by himself? Like, yeah, I can fucking see that. George Lopez looks like a nightmare. <laughs> like, El Mariachi almost sent me spiraling when I looked up the budget. Like seven thousand. Okay, well, I'm gonna go lay down. I've spent more than seven thousand. Not so much. Inane shit, and he made fucking El Marriott. It's fine. Okay, this is how we finance the studio. We sell off all of Parker's Funko Pops. Dude, <laughs> see you in hell. <laughs> it's great that that's the number you went with, because I spent my afternoon looking at car listings on Craigslist and going like, ah, should I buy this old prison van for $1,800? Oh, man. Yes. Prison van? <laughs> yeah. Prison van, Chris. It's our, our driving studio. Oh my goodness. $1,800. I just love the idea of you picking up me and Josh and, and taking us to <laughs> Gay like, Baby right, You jail. guys got a ride in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is the only way I know how to get to the Orioles game. Handcuff <laughs> Josh to the seat. Special work release program. I get a really great parking spot inside the stadium. <laughs> guys, it was this or the Mini Cooper. What do you want from me? <laughs> I'd like the B-Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> so any, anyway you know if we do need a mobile studio $1,800 not a lot of money that is not out of the question I like the idea of us driving and just being like so George Lopez's face <laughs> <laughs> the bus just starts swerving as I explain no it's a secret society and they control everything right <laughs> I got shifting into fourth here <laughs> Chris, don't jump out of the door while I'm talking. It's just the Yu-Gi-Oh! movie. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Just chewing off my own leg like a wolf trapped in a bear trap. So, anything else about El Mariachi? I just, I just imagine we'd have a TV set up in the back with three regular N64 controllers and one Mad Cats controller. I think Josh used the Mad Cats. <laughs> it's just a fight whenever you get in. Instead of calling shotgun, you just call not Mad Cats. And to be fair, Josh, you'd probably beat us with the Mad Cats. So, Parker, uh, question. What does El Mariachi mean in English? The Mariachi. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to get that out of what there. What did you expect me to say? <laughs> that? I was just... I needed that. Okay. Okay, so we said in the beginning, uh, well, I said... If we have to explain why we watched a movie, we're all in trouble here. Especially, <laughs> let me preface this with a question. You all know that feeling when uh, certain substances kick in and you're like, oh man, what's the deal with this movie? And then you hit play, and by the time uh, you're more clear-headed, you're like, I'm already an hour in, I can't turn this off now. Yeah. <laughs> Every single Squatch movie, dude. Because <laughs> sometimes you're on Disney+, Plus and you're like... What's the fucking deal with Maleficent? Why does this exist? Oh, and then you oh, sober up no. and you're like, man, this is almost over. 
<laughs> so here's the thing. This came out in 2014, which means for like almost six straight years now, any time I've come across it, I've just looked at it and been like, what the, what is this? Why does this exist? Who is this for? Who saw it? And, uh, you know, I was uh, not of clear and present mind and hit play. I still don't have an answer to that fucking question. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this movie is. Did I ever tell you my Maleficent story? I have a feeling I could piece together that involves a female. Uh, yeah, okay, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing, I don't think you did this on your own. 2014, uh, I was in South Korea, and uh, I was talking to a girl who I'm now very, very close friends with. Her name is Jihae, and one of my closest friends in the world. And uh, we had met through a, a dating app of some sort, and I was like, hey, you know, how about you and me? Let's go see Maleficent or something. Or, I, I just wanted to see a movie. And she's like, oh, the we, we went to the theater, and the only thing that was in English was uh, Maleficent. Everything else was in Korean, no English subtitles or anything. So it was, I, otherwise, I'd just be sitting there wasting my time. So she was like, no, let's see Maleficent. I'm like, okay. You know, we get in there, and... Uh, First of all, Parker, should, should we talk about her uh, morning after scene? Oh my God. That, because that's... Do you get it? Yeah, that's... It's uh, like sexual abuse. Do you get it? That wasn't even... Se- We're saying a lot it, in this movie. I mean, that's a... That's a... You know, we know what that metaphor is. It was, like, really, really kind of hard to, to watch, and everyone's just kind of looking around here. First of all, Parker, did you watch this because you liked Angelina Jolie so much in Hackers that you're just like, yeah, more of it! <laughs> I mean, not consciously... <laughs> But so I, I walked out of that movie. Look, and she's pretty good. In it. She, <laughs> she's doing a lot. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. I, but that's fair. Now, if I were to call up Jihei right now on Kakao Chat, I bet she still remembers my reaction when we walked out of uh, Maleficent. Because she was like, so uh, it, it was okay. What did you think? And I was like throwing my hands up in the air like, what the hell was the point of all that? And then that guy comes in with a stupid line. And I was just like just ragging on the movie entirely and she's just like hey i'm sorry you had a bad time i was like no it's great have come back in my place let's go and it's just (laughs) (sighs) so the movie not very good Um, hey you know what you want to know how long six years is watch a movie from 2014 that's almost non-stop cgi Holy Jesus, what a hideous looking movie. Yeah, in that movie, I bet that doesn't hold up well at all. Like, this it's directed by a first-time director who did a ton of, like, visual effects work, including winning an Oscar for Avatar. So why is this movie so fucking hideous? It is, every scene is poorly green-screened. There's a whole ton of little critters. The fucking Chris. The CGI fairy godmothers. <laughs> Christopher, I know you remember. The most hot, scarier than anything you watched this week. I yeah. care fucking to you. Yeah, that. I look. I, I'm not gonna lie. That's that. The movie sticks to like the roof of your mouth like peanut butter, but not in a good way. It's more like marmite or something. It's just you don't want this in your memory hole. And uh, as far as watching it on a date, I, I, there's better ways to spend your time. That's all I'm saying. The fucking bad guy is the guy from District 9. <laughs> what is this fucking movie? And, and then the twist is that they, they just did the twist from Frozen. Yes. Like, the whole, like, I didn't realize, like, oh, no, it's just Sleeping Beauty from her perspective. Like, okay, that doesn't seem like it should be a movie, but whatever. <laughs> it, and then it just ends like, oh, actually, she's not evil at all. She's just, you know, she was 
she was betrayed, well, and that's why well, she's I'm bad not, sometimes. Look, I'm not necessarily against the idea of taking a classic, well-known story and flipping it so that you do it from the villain's perspective. For example, when uh, Cru the Cruella de Vil movie comes out, you know, we're all going to God! Fuck <laughs> <Damn it>. off! Have <laughs> I not suffered enough for this show? I can't believe they're... Again, remember, Riot Girl Punk Cruella de Vil movie. You say remember I, as if I could ever forget, which is interesting. I See, I forgot, so I am now upset. Then she just fucking gets her wings back? It's what... When that stupid goddamn crow, which I've had to watch this whole movie, is the God. thing that turns into a dragon and not her. Fuck out of here. Well, that's the thing. Is like, To me, it's kind of like the superhero thing. It's like you can't cast this really well-known, handsome, or beautiful actor or actress... In a role as a superhero who wears a mask constantly, you have to have a bunch of scenes where they take off the mask to remind you that's really that actor underneath there. They're still that pretty, you know? And that's unfortunate because, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see Angela Jolie transform into a dragon. I dreamed about it after I watched Hackers. But, uh, God, I wanted to step on me so bad. Parker, you're, you're kind of dodging the question here. I'm going to just pose it to you. What did you think mm -hmm. of the sequel? Buddy, I'm glad you asked! <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> You want to know what I thought of it? Would he give a mouse a cookie, I, man? I highlighted it, clicked it, and saw it was two hours. <laughs> and I almost put my head through a goddamn wall. But at that point, I had supplemented with other things. So we were we were rolling again. We're doing great. Yeah, your thumb clicked play. It wasn't you. I mean, I was not in control of my actions for most of that night. <laughs> it was... I slept very late today. It's fine. Now, Chris, you might remember the first one ends with a pretty tight bow on it. Not really any room or need for a sequel, except for the fact that it made $700 million. So that's just how that works. Ending with a tight bow is uh, one way to describe it. It just ends like Sleeping Beauty. Like, what are you supposed to do with it? The answer is to have Queen Michelle Pfeiffer try and murder all the fairies. <laughs> Which, to be fair, what? I'm in favor of because they look so hideous. That's... The plot of the movie is Michelle Pfeiffer waging war on all the magical creatures. This movie is rated PG, and I think about 300 fairies get murdered. It is one of the most baffling things I've seen in a long time. I don't know how this exists, or why it was in theaters, or why it also looks so bad, considering it came out, like, last October. It is heinous. <laughs> The third act of the movie is just like a giant all-out war where there's a whole bunch of other people that look like Maleficent and there's a bunch of, like, tree creatures and they're all fighting. And the movie ends with Michelle Pfeiffer getting turned into a goat. <laughs> I'm still, like, I had to go to the Wikipedia because I'll... The things I ingested were stronger than I anticipated. So there was definitely a moment of, like, I must have missed something. Surely she's not a fucking goat. <laughs> nope, it says right here. Uh, Hypersonic 91 is confirmed. She's a goat. did write that. It is. Like, the whole second act has a bunch of action scenes that are so fucking dark you can't see anything that's happening. It's... I don't know what this movie's trying to be, but it's not good is the correct answer. It... If it wasn't so goddamn stupid, I would have already forgotten it by now, but it's so profoundly stupid. And I looked up, like, okay, who directed this movie? I was like, oh, they were so impressed with this guy's co-directing of Pirates of the Caribbean, colon, Dead Man Tell No Tales, that they gave him Maleficent the sequel. 
which I still don't remember the subtitle of. And, did uh, it have one? It sure did, but okay. put a gun on my head. I'll I take your word for it. it I don't remember ever hearing one. It's, uh... I mean, there's a scene where she, like... That implies that, like, she, most of the reason she hates all these wood creatures is because she's, like, allergic to grass, and then she locks a bunch of them into a church and tries to gas them. <laughs> it's one, one of the apropos to do. Fucking insane things I've ever seen in a PG-rated, humongous budget Disney movie. <laughs> I don't know why this exists. I'd love, if I cared about this movie more, I'd love to figure out, like, who was pushing for this? Who wrote this? Why are we trying to do all these metaphors about like colonialism in this weird fairy movie? And also, there's a phoenix. And don't don't worry about it. You're absolutely fine. I mean, it, it kind of feels like it's just Disney saw one of the movies made a lot of money, so they're like, "Hey, more money for the money machine," you know? What but Disney like, would never do that. It's like five years later, like five fucking years. Be like, yeah, you know what people are clamoring for? <laughs> Can we get another Tron? Shut up, nerd. <laughs> She's gonna put well, on actually, the, here you go. She's gonna put on the dragon horns again. <laughs> I don't understand what the fuck this movie. Was. I, I feel like if I watch it Stone Cold Sober, I would be, I would have much less laughter. But it's fucking crazy. I was definitely Stone Cold Sober when I watched it, so uh, wouldn't recommend. <laughs> Parker, you were the only person I know who actually watched the sequel. Look, it was on Disney Plus, man. We pretty much made the pact of, like, we hovered over it, and we looked at each other like, look, if we don't do this now, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, we should watch the No, it has to be now, or we will never, ever, ever sit through this movie. Which I feel is a correct assessment. Because why would you watch the first one, get a nice good night's sleep, wake up, eat some cereal, go, alright, let's see the follow-up. <laughs> no, you either watch them both, or you watch one, and then the second one doesn't exist. Which would have been a better option, but if we made good choices, I wouldn't be I, on this fucking podcast. I feel better than I have felt about my life in weeks right You're now. Right. <laughs> Man, I watched oh, buddy. Day of the Dead. <laughs> well, let me just tee you up one more then, buddy. Oh, no. three. <laughs> oh, God. No. Your boy is out. I'm never again. There is no list that will ever be on. Only takes two. Wait a second. Wait a second, guys. Let's let's all be reasonable here. I would almost say I'm glad I watched them because they're fucking insane and shouldn't exist. And Angelina Jolie is clearly having much more fun with this than I see her having most movies. But also, man. That first one is really rough. I can't really... It's another one of those who's this for sort of things. I guess it's like those those Disney obsessive adults, maybe. Your guess is as good as mine. I don't plan on meeting any of them. Correct. If I if I work with them and don't know it, I'd like to continue not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot for me, of all people, to look down on someone, but goddamn. Now, now, Parker, you know what they say. Normal people are just people you don't know very well. It's, well, so it's funny, Parker, because oh, now that Disney owns Star Wars, you're oh, one of those Disney people. My passion for Star Wars has been stomped out of me. <laughs> Please refer to our previous episode on the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> we'll see what he and says me and when my the next one comes out. To Marathon 789, getting an hour into 7 and going, man, fuck this, and then watching Bloodshot. <laughs> I, I will never forget Parker just saying in the middle of I don't even like this anymore. <laughs> just... Guess I'll just rewatch the originals like once every couple years and be done with it. 
you know when you like see a movie you come across you're like oh man that looks fucking stupid i should keep that in the back of my mind and you forget it for a while and then something else brings it up and you just feel like that joy just swim through your body like oh my god this beautiful gym that i forgot existed that i get to bring to the show sometimes you just open youtube and see oh half in the bag aqua slash I remember this movie, and you do a little dance, and you know <laughs> that you get to tell your good friends Chris and Alex about a movie about someone murdering people at a water park. All right, you watched <laughs> Jaws four or Jaws three? Oh, Sorry, boy. it was Jaws three that did that. All right, Aqua Slash is a feature film that is seventy one minutes. It is about a whole bunch of high school kids graduating, and they go to celebrate at this water park because that's just what you do i guess when you live in canada because by the way they attempt to hide their canadian accents i'd say like 15 minutes <laughs> before that's just out the window there's no attempt made afterwards and it just happens to be the like 25th or 35th or some bullshit anniversary of insert death it doesn't matter this movie uh it has a first act where you establish the characters and who's who and who's with who and who hates who and then a third act, in which there are two giant blades placed inside of one of the three slides. And the entire third act is just them finding different Three Stooges maneuvers to keep pushing people down the slide so they get cut in half. Like, literally, two giant blades are put in the middle slide so they form, like, a giant X. And the last 20 minutes of this movie are just different kids getting pushed down the slide and dismembered. <laughs> the gore is so much better than it has any right to be for such a piece of shit movie. There is so much blood. By the end of it, you know like when you go down a water slide, there's like the little pull afterwards and then you get out. That whole thing is just soaking red for <laughs> the entire end of the movie. There's just constant like chunks and body parts flying down the slide. And, like, after the third person goes, you would think someone would be like, Hey, you hear that screaming? Because there's, like, eight kids at this graduation. But that's all they could afford. And, like, some guy goes out to warn like, Guys, you can't go down. It's so fucked. Everyone's dying. And this black kid, who has his hair like Goku, it's just spiked straight up, just grabs this kid and throws him down the slide so he gets cut. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. This movie has simultaneously more gore and dead kids than you would think it would but also not enough oh. it's it's a real paradox like the fact that it's 71 minutes was it was the only reason it did not ruin our night because in the credits world she looked at me like who the fuck told you to watch this <laughs> <laughs> the answer is nobody <laughs> my brain just sucks but uh yeah it is a movie with an 50 minutes building up to them going down slides and then 20 minutes of people going down the slides and being <laughs> cut into pieces. That fucking rules, dude. And it's called Aqua Slash. It fucking sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have for this week. I was up till 4 a.m. getting drunk and watching Maleficent. That's all I have. Oh, jeez. I... <sighs> I still don't know what the worst movie I watched this week is, so you figure that one out. They all had wings, but they did not have an airship, so... Okay, let's... I know what the best movie you watched this week was. <laughs> Correct. Okay, let's... Let's talk about the airship movie. 
Now, I, I mentioned the last time that Alex brought this up that I'm familiar with the book uh, written by Alexandre Dumas uh, back in like the eight, what the 1800s or something like that. And uh, this movie bears virtually no resemblance whatsoever to that work. So I'm just not even going to bother saying, well, in the book they did this because it's pretty much impossible. Uh, I do now. Correct. Here's the thing: is uh, Alex, I'm not sure how familiar you are with this director's oeuvre, but uh, Parker and I went on a journey <laughs> without you. Sorry, uh, and we watched a number of his movies and uh, did a few episodes about them. So we are intimately familiar with Mr. Anderson. So, you don't have to worry; we're on the same yeah, page. So here. the opening, Parker, if. This is a little one for you and me. It's like, it's uh, 17th century. It was a global war that would sweep the entire world. Remind you of anything? Yeah, the nerve of this... <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> this movie just fucking opens with some Lord of the Rings map and a voiceover. I'm immediately just on guard. Like, god damn it. <laughs> I've been tricked yet again. And like, as it's starting, I'm thinking, the thing we're all thinking is, Who's this fucking movie for? Like, why does this exist? And then it show it zooms in on like on that villa, and I think, oh my god, this is supposed to be Assassin's Creed. And then three seconds later, he emerges out of the water and murders him. And I realize, god damn it, someone played Assassin's Creed too, and thought, <laughs> you know, it's much easier just to use a public domain thing than to license oh, this movie. Song. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's the thing is like they zoom in on all the characters' names, and you can say, hey, it's it's. Athos and Aramis and Porthos and Milady. Now, here's the thing about uh, <laughs> here's the thing about Athos, uh, Porthos, and Aramis is no one who read the book is going to watch this movie. Besides, no one literate is watching this movie, so no one's going to go. All right, Athos, he's my favorite one. You know, like, why are we going to do that? <laughs> it's like the scene in Endgame when they come out of the portals. Everyone's just standing up and soy-facing and clapping. Yeah. <laughs> He's here! It's happening! <laughs> also, big shout-out to me looking this up on Wikipedia. Did anyone bother to read the little intro paragraph? No, what is it? Yeah. What is this? Good, because you'll know exactly what I'm about to say. Let me hear it. It is based on the Alexander Dumbass 1844 <laughs> novel of the same title, with clock punk elements. What? <laughs> That's just what? what it says on the Wikipedia. That's not... Nothing you no. can do about Oh my god, I'm never going to sleep again. <laughs> clock punk elements. Parker, Parker, I could die tonight. There's a there's like a virus going around. What if the last word I think about is clock punk? <laughs> you lived a good life, buddy. Did you better I... go on the airship we'll get you to safety? Clock punk. I hate everything. <laughs> Okay. Most just, cursed thing I've ever okay, seen. Okay. I. So you guys also looked at how much money this movie made, no, right? How much did it? $132 million. What the fuck? Did you, like, did you know anybody that, like, saw no, this? I, was working at the I don't theater. know anyone who knows who this went to see this. <laughs> I've explained to three people. Did you know this guy made a Three Musketeers movie? And they said. No. Also, why are you watching? <laughs> well, could be any reason, dude. Well, you see, uh, it only takes two. <laughs> okay, so yeah, this movie somehow made a lot of money. So actually, I, I don't think I recognize any of the actors who are playing the uh, the three main musketeers. 
Uh, I don't know if I should recognize him, but I certainly recognize Mia Jovovich because her husband directed this, and she is in everything that her husband directs. And uh, wait, can you just... tell that her husband directed her in this? <laughs> I don't know why I didn't just assume that she'd be a central figure, but as soon as I saw her, it was real like, oh goddamn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. You fucking tricked me. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you know she's gonna be in there. Oh sure, give me my ticket back. No, no, no. I've been tricked. Yeah, that's that's the thing. She plays Milady to winner, but the, they do a zoom in on her. It just says Milady, and I'm reminded of the movie that Parker made me watch called No Malone starring Vern Troyer at the very beginning <laughs> I forgot about he, that at the very beginning of the movie he goes Milady <laughs> so whenever she was us when I, when I wrote down Milady does this or Milady does that that's the voice I had in my head anyway she has very powerful Uma Thurman energy in this movie she's just walking around going hey boys <laughs> <laughs> Watching this and seeing her reminded me of when I put on the shitty new Hellboy from last year, and it opens with a, oh, back in the age of wizards, and it shows her as the queen, and I'm like, oh, god damn it, you tricked me. <laughs> Every single time. The second you see her, it's like, oh, god fucking damn it. <laughs> just doing the Jerry Seinfeld hands up, like, nope, out of here. She's <laughs> just the angel of cinematic I death. <laughs> Every single time Parker sits down to watch a Resident Evil movie, it's like, well, maybe this one will be different. No! <laughs> just not again. That guy eating Trick cake me. and just throwing the piece of walking out of the room. Like, no, not today. I'll get like take my hour forty elsewhere. Uh, I was buying groceries while this fucking idiot was stealing diamonds. Just in the produce <laughs> in the snack aisle, and he's just thank you. He's just like, no, come on, raisin. Let's get those. Oh, these expire soon. We're trying to get ten percent off. <laughs> No, where's the fresh shop? No, the fresh bread. Oh, hang on. No, sh- shut up. I gotta watch. Okay, I yeah, know they got away. The fresh bread. No, not this bullshit. <laughs> okay. So, it's right around this point, we're three minutes into the movie, that uh, we realize that. Hey, Beavis, I just realized something. This sucks. Like, it's really <laughs> obvious. It's like you can say, "Oh, well, you know, the movie is almost two hours long. You can't." Just... No, no, no. This sucks. This movie really sucks. We have so much further to go. So anyway, the next part is me and we've only met a musketeer. It's already like, man, fuck. So we have. <laughs> can I just put on the three musketeers? And pretend I when watched he's, this when he's on that fucking rooftop, like the parkour guy from Six Underground. Like, man, just. Fuck yourself, right. movie. So, I hate that you can just say that, and I just nod and go, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Mia, shit. so, Mia Jovovich is, like, running in slow motion in the perfect way to bounce her cleavage as she's dodging these Indiana Jones kind of traps, sliding on her kneecaps like she's Gary Oldman, and just avoiding all the traps to get the... <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You yeah. got me. <laughs> just and she gets past it. And she's like, "We don't have much time, do we?" And they're like, "Right." And so that's the thing about the accents. There's a lot of dueling accents in this movie. Uh, <laughs> several characters have multiple accents, so we will get to some of those in a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys at home know this, but nobody in this movie is actually French, <laughs> and it shows. Oh yes. <laughs> so anyway, hey, Mister Bloom, just do whatever you want out there. So in this movie, the three. Three Musketeers are sort of set up as uh, Sam Fisher-esque Splinter Cell secret agents, and they have to steal Da Vinci's plans to make an airship. We don't know it's an airship that's, that's yet, fair. to be fair. That's fair. By the way, 
This is all Assassin's Creed 2. There's a mission where he helped Da Vinci and he used his fucking airship thing. It's fine. This movie's literally someone played Assassin's Creed 2, which takes place in Venice in this time period and went, Yeah. So I, I, <laughs> what if we just put Sherlock Holmes there? No, it's too lame. We need something with sword fighting. There's swords in Assassin's Creed. The Three Musketeers. So actually, as I think you're right. I think they say uh, that he had plans for a war machine. Which that could that, I mean, right, that could yeah, be anything. It's... That could be like a gun or something. So like, <laughs> or as we'll find yeah. out. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we uh, we cover no, we don't cover that. We have to, you know, might as well describe the plot. So they they drink their wine and say all for one and one for all. Oh, I'm Aunt Do. And Mia Jovovich raises her glass, <laughs> but she poisoned them and she betrays them in service of who wants to say his name? Legolas. <laughs> well, does he look like Legolas? I, I mean, people always say that I look like Legolas. <laughs> so Orlando Bloom is one of the bad guys. He's bad guy A in this movie. What uh, is he doing? <laughs> I have never in my life seen Orlando Bloom have charisma, and then this happens. <laughs> wait, hold on. Is this what we've been missing, you guys? Like, it feels like, you know, when like it's like the bad version of Tom Cruise in Collateral. Right. Like, you're just like, man, I wish he did this all the time, but also it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this is like Michael Bay directing, like, hey, talk about one of those fruity guys from the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Boy, does he wrong. dive into that when he's got the frills around the neck and everything? By the way, everyone in this movie is dressed like a jackass, so just be prepared. And also, everyone talks like the Always Sunny Fiddle of episode with the Liberty Bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> Super good. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, she betrays them. Milady de Winter is bad, and also apparently a, a secret musketeer herself. And uh, she goes off with Orlando Bloom with the secret plans for the war machine, and uh, they get fired for being bad musketeers. We cut to the movie Aragon, and uh, we've got Logan Lerner, fuck? who's training in swordplay, and uh, he learns that to be a musketeer, you have to use a sword. And before we go further, we please talk about his oh, hair? We talk. Oh, it's okay to be jealous, I, Alex. <laughs> I have, like, there's very rare that I see a haircut that I look at and go, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like, the worst part of this movie is the sole realization of, like, oh, this shitty, snarky teen is the movie, yep. huh? Oh, yep. god damn it. <laughs> you tricked me. So... It's funny, because, like, you're introduced to him, and it's like, this is the most annoying character. I can't believe I have to deal with him for two right. hours. But the movie also realizes this, and corrects course later with a much more annoying character than oh, we will God. get to. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. okay. Hold up. We gotta stick where we are. <laughs> Vibrating in my seat. <laughs> Sheer anger. So, so he's training with, I guess it's his dad, and he's like... Uh, I can't even... I don't know what Logan Lerner's trying to do in this movie for his accent. I think he just straight up does an American accent. He doesn't even try. So he just says, finally, I get to train with the real weapon of a musketeer. And his dad says, no. The real weapon The real weapon of a musketeer is your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Click. Done. And this is like minute yeah. 12. <laughs> it's... 
We're already at this saccharine bullshit. Yeah. The first 20 Did minutes it, of this movie were That's struggle. supposed to be like something Correct. that the love interest says to you at like the denouement or something. You know, it's like, that's the real reason you're able to save the day. Now you can pork me. But no, that's what his dad says to him. So anyway, he travels to the land of Arendelle to uh, go rescue Rapunzel or whatever. And... Uh, he the first thing he does you guys ever see a fistful for dollars because paul wes anderson did so he just tries to rip that <laughs> off it's the most embarrassing thing i've ever seen in my life uh parker i don't know if you've seen a fistful for dollars it's the insulted by horse thing oh that's that is that was, is word for I, I was, word from a fistful for dollars I, it was hitting me i was like i know this from somewhere but then instead of googling it i just tried to focus on the movie or else i was never gonna get through it, it. is so fucking excuse annoying. me <laughs> If I closed out of that tab, this podcast would be happening. <laughs> Excuse me. Mads Mickelson wearing an eye patch. You have insulted my horse. So, I have to admit, this did lead me to the one part of the movie where I had a genuine laugh. Um, they they kind of do the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. He's like, oh, I challenge you to a duel. And, and he pulls out a sword, prepare to die. The guy just pulls out a gun and shoots him. And I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny, and I was just like, "All right, he's down. Here we go. Three more to go." Thank God. <laughs> Fucking. I was also minutes. very relieved when he got blasted. Don't but Lady De Winter comes up and says that he's too much of a pretty boy to kill. So here's my hanky, and uh, go into town or do something. So, <laughs> Mads Mickelson, when you just. Like, zoom in on him wearing an eye patch and his fucking Carmen Sandiego hat. <laughs> I knew that I had been tricked by my good friend. I, this whole movie is just a series of Parker being hoodwinked and bamboozled. It's just, you can time it every 15 minutes, just hear him go, Oh, God damn it! Come on! You're just like the opposing football coach of the faculty. Oh, come on! It's just me at a self-check, just... Just imagine just constant cannibal fire in. Please remove bagged item. Put, put the item back. Hey, did you scan that? Okay, Mr. Diamonds first. You can get lady back. Are you 21 years old? Please wait for assistance. It just knows what I've been through today. I... I am not even a little bit sorry. I should have. I know you're I not. I should have been texting you vibe checks during this movie. <laughs> it's not in a good place. So, but also, I have alcohol now, so everything works oh, out. Well, you know, head of the day. So he goes into the town, and uh, you know, it just looks like the beginning of like Beauty and the Beast. Everyone's going bonjour, bonjour to everyone, and uh, except no one actually speaks French in this movie. Uh, so he's just <laughs> running into, literally bumping into the three musketeers and challenging challenging them to fights. He gets into trouble faster than uh, the guy in Tokyo Drift gets into trouble with the yakuza. <laughs> this movie's like if they just skip Ghostbusters. Like, alright, it's Ghostbusters 2, everyone's their jobs suck and they do birthday parties now. We did Ghostbusters in the first five minutes. Now you get to watch this shitty sequel that no one wants where we introduce new characters. And then we get to get the band back together. And also have James Corden. Yeah, I will admit this is one of the few things that the book does. Is the book is oh, he challenges them to fights and they all meet at the same place, and then they all meet and they laugh and they have a good time. Except in this one, one guy's trying to buy a really shitty, like, medieval jacket, and a girl hands him money, and that's like an insult or something. I don't know. And what? Yeah, he has a sugar mama, and we're supposed to think it makes him less. Yeah, of a man. exactly. Like you do, you can. He literally implies that he's going to pay her back by porking her. So you know. Are you implying I can't afford my own switch? <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so so uh, one of the, the last one, Aramis, uh, is now apparently a cop. He got demoted from musketeer to police officer, and he gives his horse a ticket for pooping in the road. And and he's like, oh, I'm going to challenge you to a fight for because my my horse pooped somewhere. Six warning shots in the back of that horse. I love that we have a petty cop in this movie, and it's not the one that just blows away Logan Lerman for no yeah. reason. So uh, anyway, they they meet up at the the one place, and then the I guess it's the king's guards or whatever all meet up. Oh, it's it's uh, it's our good friend Cardinal Christoph Waltz is elite. Yeah, his elite unit, which they they exist to do what? Why are why are the musketeers in trouble? Oh, because they're musketeers. <laughs> I feel like they exist solely to harass the musketeers. I, I think that's it. <laughs> Who the king could have just killed like a decade ago. Wait, so that ago. makes like the cardinal like Dr. Robotnik. He just makes all these robots to harass the little woodland creatures. So anyway, <laughs> we get a big fight scene. Four against 40. Jovovich <laughs> stealing the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I Damn gotta it. admit, I, I kind of forgot how shitty Paul Wiss Anderson's fight scenes look. Incredibly, it sucks, dude. How do you make Mortal Kombat as your first movie and then never make an action scene that good ever again in your fucking Maybe life? Maybe because that movie had people who could actually fight. And this has Mia Jovovich. Oh, she did acrobats Fair. as a kid. I so <laughs> she's done like twenty of these fucking things. She should be able to do them. None now. of these people can fight. It's all like really shitty sort of. One Jackie Chan makes this movie so much more watchable. Anyway, uh. I, I kind of like this one part, okay? So they dispatch all the other bad guys. There's nothing more to say about this fight because it's so shitty. So they beat all the bad guys, and the crowd is watching them all chanting, Musketeers! Musketeers! These people were presented at the beginning of the movie as secret agents. They're, they're supposed to be secret. <laughs> Brutal blower cover. I love chanting Blackwater as a village is raided. <laughs> You know what I love in my old-timey fencing scenes? <laughs> Speed ramping. It's so fucking cool. Wait, Channing Blackwater is the village. Isn't that what Mark Wahlberg did in The Happening? Oh, Blackwater. I thought you were going to say in Deepwater Horizon. <laughs> very close, very close. So... Uh, <laughs> You can't do fucking speed ramping and slow motion close-ups when they're going like, Ah, oh, I'm Gardy, villain, and stabbing each other with a fucking but, fitting but sword. if you don't, then how are you going to have Logan Lerman flirting with a random girl okay, mid-fight? we have to talk about this girl, because she is the worst actress I have ever seen in my life. Worse than all of the actresses in, uh, what was the, the Haunting of Sharon Tate? <laughs> all of them. She is so she. Even Hillary she's Duff? not even. Is her name really just blonde? That oh sucks. my god! Was it really? <laughs> who? That's, who is that? She man. looks like. A, I think that's a that's a different character. I think. Yeah, They're just out of order. Uh, I, I I actually I think I, I do know who's uh, blonde. Was like one of the queen's attendants or something like that. Anyway, this yeah. this actress cannot act. She's not emoting or doing anything the entire scene. And she he's just trying to hit on her as he's like fighting with one of the queen's guards or one of the cardinals elite unit and uh he says to her so hey baby wanna fuck and she responds in the battle of wits you sir are unarmed got him and uh to, to me okay let me, let me say that again in the battle of wits you sir are unarmed all i can think about is respectfully sir sir with all due respect how dare you sir try to smang this <laughs> i'll have you know i won't believe in a god i can't see my lady 
The marketplace of ideas has bested another thought. Anyway, uh, so uh, they leave together. They're able to leave together unharassed uh, because Erebus says, there will be more of them coming. How the fuck do you know? So uh, they all just leave, and uh, the first thing D'Artagnan says to them is like, so uh, when are we going to fight? And uh, they all say, well, I don't know, I think we're all on the same side. And Porthos, who is pretty much just the fat guy of the group, is just like, I want to get lunch. It just does that for the entire first 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> and so they make it back to their secret headquarters, which is just a, a house in public where everyone knows where they live. And uh, we are visited by... Uh, the, the the Renfield of the movie, uh, James Corden. <laughs> Speaking of the fucking body snatcher screaming point, <laughs> me at my computer just shrieking. My girlfriend's on the couch like, "What now?" <laughs> Can you just shut up and watch the movie. <laughs> now, Alex, you were talking about how much you hated Logan Lerner's hair. Look at James Corden's bop. <sighs> See, he just looks like a regular British person. <laughs> oh, that's <to> regular. <laughs> Wait, is that not just the Bojo hair? Rob, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have to admit, I, I, I just really hope he gets hit by a bus. <laughs> not the character, <laughs> just the person. <laughs> <laughs> I would feel bad for the bus. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Like, he's really giving off powerful TV's Frank energy here. Just not a compliment in your hundred million dollar movie. I love TV's Frank. I don't like this guy. I'll tell you that much. I don't want to see him with the three musketeers. I also don't want to see Luke Evans with the three musketeers, but here we fucking are. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, they're all sad because they're not real musketeers anymore. They're just three people. And I believe in money and violence and drinking wine. And, uh, too right. Well, I guess we need more wine. They literally wine for wine. I think that's a joke. Paul Wes Anderson seems like a guy you really don't want to hang out with. <laughs> Just want to say. I don't know. I mean, if, if you hung out with him for like 15 minutes, he'd probably ask if you'd fuck his wife. <laughs> okay, never mind. We may be getting him on as a podcast, yes. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, we cut to the scene where we're introduced to, I guess, the king, who's like a little kid. So, don't make a Joffrey joke. I didn't watch the show. And uh, he... No one was yeah, gone. So uh, he walks into the thing, and the king's one joke throughout the entire movie is that he's wearing the wrong color outfit. <laughs> I thought you were going to say his one joke throughout the movie is being a virgin. <laughs> if that was a joke, we've already mined that field, you know. But anyway, he he's in there. He's playing chess against Christoph Waltz. And he, he gets really mad. He knocks the pieces over. And that's the part where I remember that people bought this on DVD. Prove and it. Blu-ray. And Blu-ray and 4K. Christoph Waltz's hair <laughs> to chill down my spine. <laughs> oh my fucking god. <laughs> I don't know what a dandy fop is, but I'm going to assume that's what you call his hairstyle. <laughs> just go to the barber and ask for, yeah, you give me this, and they just kick you out. Oh, man. <laughs> I want to be the guy that steps in dog shit in a Mel Brooks movie. Coming right up! (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, uh, the four musketeers are brought to the king's castle so he can ream them out. And uh, while he's, like, yelling at him, please don't kill any more of my guards. I really, uh... (laughs) You guys are in big fucking trouble (laughs) Yeah, he's like, please don't do that anymore. It really makes me look bad. He's like, oh, bring in the queen. Now, Parker, 
you've often said the phrase big stupid tits before i was <laughs> not aware until i saw this scene exactly what you meant just the stupidest display of cleavage i have ever seen in my life <laughs> chris you know how bad my week was that queen is one of the three fairy godmothers in Maleficent Yep. I have had a horrible 40 hours. You know, it's, that makes sense because the queen looks and sounds like Lisa Simpson. I don't think I'll ever know peace again, to be honest with you. It's like, you get this whole subplot going. It's like, oh man, it sucks. Like, the queen doesn't want to fuck the king. The king's just a sad fuckless virgin. And then the queen comes out and you're like, yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> the queen also looks ten years older than the king, so kind of kind of makes sense. I thought you were gonna say ten years old, no, but no. yeah. <laughs> Everyone like like the, I know the, like the royalty in this movie is intentionally supposed to look young, but like you just they look they, they definitely look baby faced. It bothers I, me. I, like I said, looks like Lisa Simpson. So, and oh, as it turns out, one of the queen's I guess attendants or something is uh the the chick who uh laid that sick own on d'artagnan earlier but in secret she said that he was handsome and dashing oh yeah yeah lady parts quivering so uh now they get to be musketeers again i guess i don't know that i wasn't really paying attention uh meanwhile christopher waltz's accents because they were all over at one point he definitely drops it to the german one at no point does he attempt it's... a french one he definitely does a british one but his favorite accent seems to be i'm just going to do an impression of john malkovich <laughs> yeah. What was the point you realized he's dog shit in every movie? It's not a Tarantino movie. <laughs> I feel like we all gave him like five or six chances before. Like, you know what? He got you, way too many chances. This is, this is a Travolta situation. <laughs> yeah. Man, remember when people were amped about him being the bad guy in a Bond movie? And then oh it sucked. God, that movie sucks so fucking bad. And then he's back oh, for the next oh, one. Oh, good. Of course. Yes, my favorite one. People really hated that we just kept making such a tight continuity. Let's bring them all back, baby. Let's bring the baby <laughs> back together. Anyway, it turns out Milady de Winter is... You know, I'm going to blame Alexander Dumas. That's a really stupid name. That sounds like a Marvel-ass name. Milady de Winter <laughs> is also, like, uh, getting in on with the Cardinal. And she's they're going to plot to control France or something. I don't know. She's Chris, are you suggesting that Milady de Winter is not a double agent, but a triple agent? <laughs> she is very much the Ada Wong of this movie. Try to help Parker out here. So fuck yourself. <laughs> You're not helping. Sorry. So anyway, uh, they, she is doing secret bad things, and much of which I don't understand. Uh, so at one point, I think she has to steal the jewels. She has to steal Correct. the jewels that uh, that Tom Green bought. And uh, would you <laughs> would you like me to explain why she has to steal? Yeah, because I think if I explain, it, I might get something wrong. Okay, so you see, she's scheming with yeah. the Cardinal, and the Cardinal is just trying to make sure he has all the power, so he needs the king to be cucked, and in order for the king to be cucked, he has to have Mila Jovovich break in and steal the queen's jewelry, like, planet on Orlando Bloom, question mark? So it looks like Orlando Bloom is fucking the queen? Oh. Oh, that's what they were doing. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was actually smarter sure. than that. Uh... It's, it's, it's funny, because, like, just as, like, a brief aside here, um... As someone who is a huge history dweeb, like, all the stuff in this movie is, like, an amalgamation of stuff that actually yeah. happened. Which makes it really funny that Paul Wuss Anderson actually read a history book and not The Three Musketeers. <laughs> that, well, I, maybe all that stuff that actually happened was also in uh, Assassin's Creed 2, so. 
It's I possible. think that's really like the uh, the stuff there because there is some history in those games. D'Artagnan, we need to get to the outposts <laughs> so we can get more spots on the map. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, she's doing all the secret agent flipping around. At one point, she takes off her dress, so she's just standing there in like 17th century skivvies. Which, by the way, not very sexy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but but Chris, what if it were slow though? Well, it is. So <laughs> <laughs> why are there lasers? Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there because it's Resident Evil's director. It's the same fucking scene. That's what he knows how to do. It's literally I know it's exactly the same scene. Yeah, like, she just flips through it and steals the jewels. <laughs> I'm gonna definitely rip that from Freddy Got Fingered. I got you these jewels. Anyway, uh so they take the jewels and uh meanwhile Orlando Bloom just crashes an airship into their little uh front front yard party. <laughs> Like, it's there is there is no illusion. The idea that there's an airship. That's the thing. It's like they're just hanging out at the court. Like, oh no, we have all these royalty problems. They're just having fucking blimp. Just having a seventeenth-century orc block party. Just you know, having a good time. And here comes an airship. I, Alex, I know you told me. I know you told me that there was one in here. I've seen the movie, and I still paused and rewound. Like, okay, surely this is not the reveal of the also, airship. <laughs> Parker, you're still here, right? I, I was, I, you were quiet for a bit. I was just making sure. Okay, so, uh, yeah, the airship goes on, makes a big mess and everything. And then Orlando Bloom comes down and talks about how much he enjoyed fucking the queen that one time. <laughs> <laughs> the nerve of him to make this grand entrance <laughs> like 50 minutes into this movie. It's, it's also important to talk about the king's hat in this scene. Now, Alex, you told me, but I was not prepared. <laughs> Glad you had fun, buddy. Next time you, you tell me about these things that I watch, you have to tell me, I warned you. <laughs> this is, to be clear, to make sure I'm not mixing this up, this is the scene where he's wearing like the pear colored yes. dress that like makes him shaped like yes. grimace <laughs> this okay. is great because after this whole scene is done where the fucking like orlando blue comes out is like ah i really enjoyed fucking you uh and just walks away and uh, the kick's like oh 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 does that mean what i think it means uh then the lady comes up to look at like hey i still don't want to suck your cock and walking away so thank you Glad you're still a part of this. Now it's revealed that Christophe Waltz, the Cardinal of France, uh, the Cardinal of the Church of France, is a sword fighter. Okay. Oh. The absolute nerve. <laughs> yeah. That's the subtitle of this movie. The absolute nerve. <laughs> Every single character in this fucking movie sword Except the fights. king. <laughs> All of them. Except the king. Because yeah. he's like 12 yeah. years old. So that's what gets me is that like, okay, so the plot is they stole the jewels to place them on Orlando Bloom's neck so that when uh, they're seen, it looks like he fucked the queen and that starts another war and then, question mark, question mark, question mark, the queen and the cardinal take power. So, uh... The the uh, the attendant the uh, Logan Learner's uh, little love interest there goes to his house and says you must go to England because we need you to recover the jewels for the queen or else it will plunge all of Europe into a war that will sweep the world and he says why would I do that and she kisses him and he's like well that's good enough for me love and uh, that's like the shittiest writing I've ever heard in my life. Correct. 
And uh, right... that's the impetus of this whole movie is Jesus Christ, we're going to destabilize this entire side of the world. How about a kiss, love? <laughs> All right, let's get this party started onto the airship. You guys, you have to go on this secret mission, or else the king will be embarrassed to declare war on England. Which, which of you call me a silly ninny? <laughs> that's the movie. Meanwhile, we get fucking James Corden in the piss throwing scene. Fuck. Fucking, <laughs> fucking, 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 fuck, man. Just trying to buy some tall boys. All I'm trying to do. Make my way down the aisle, grab some drinks, maybe pick up some snacks for later, something for breakfast in the morning. I have to watch James Corden with his fucking glam metal hair throw piss out the window. He throws it right into one of the Queen's guards' faces. Hey, sorry about that. You know he was improvising every single one of his lines. And he is so not funny, and it's so fucking embarrassing and hard to watch. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just, actually physically painful. Yeah, so anyway, like I said, desperately trying to bring that TV's Frank energy, just <laughs> not recapturing that magic. So uh, anyway, they come up with a plan, and uh, Mia Jovovich is so dastardly and devious that she's describing their plan, and he says, okay... That's the way we would have done it. But what if we did it like this? <laughs> they just do something completely different. Anyway, uh, they capture one of the secret ones who's not one of the uh, musketeers. Oh, no. They capture, they capture Logan Lerner's girlfriend for some reason. Why? <laughs> who gives a fuck? That's one of the things I wrote down. That really, like, illustrates an, an important point. So what if she dies? Everyone else in this movie is displaying cleavage that you could lose a house in. He can get with anyone. He's a musketeer. The entire continent is going to go to war, but this woman who's been nagging you for a day and a half might get killed. At one point, he <laughs> asked uh, Athos, would you give a, what's more important, uh, the future of France or one person's life? I was like, the future of France! This is a numbers <laughs> game, buddy! I would do Dudes. this for literally any woman, though. Yeah, I respect all of you. You're all oh, absolutely. I would, take a, I would take an airship cannon for any of you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe dudes yeah, don't rock. So... We need to talk about airships, okay? <laughs> Fuck yes, yeah, we do, buddy. Because Milady de Winter, first of all, Milady de Winter gets captured in their airship. She's in like a little carriage ride, being driven by our favorite James Corden, who is inexplicably still yeah, in this he movie. He's cackling. He's he, he's literally their like weird musketeer house slave <laughs> but also he gets to come on this cool super secret He's trip to England for musketeers which I thought they were already in the form of indentured service but whatever so he's giving her a, a carriage ride and he stops oh my god carriage ride do you think RW went anyway so uh, they just, <laughs> that's just that's sorry uh, he did nothing wrong uh, anyway uh, so they just stop the building and she's like oh, I want you to keep moving uh, and uh, he's just like oh I'm sorry I'm did you seem to be getting a bit lighter? They just <laughs> when he shriek cackles at her, and then we pan out to see the carriage being lifted. I had finished buying my groceries. I was sitting in the driver's seat, had not turned the car on yet. I almost just did the end of drive. I almost laid my seat back and just fucking died on the spot. It was. I felt so He's like weak. One of those old guys, one of those Disney movies, like the like crazy inventor guy that's getting lifted. He's like, he's the Wizard of Oz. I don't know how it works. Goodbye, folks. It's the fucking plane guy from the Mummy. <laughs> it's like literally yeah, that character. Like that 
I like, well, all right, let's do that. Like but uh, anyway, so she pulls out the secret compartment with all of the uh, the guns and stuff, and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, shoot him through the thing, right between the eyes, just, you know, come on, bang, and it's done. Like, there's no reason not to, you know? There's like, it's like, Correct. he's not like going to, if the driver dies, it's not like the airship's going to stop moving, or you're going to get a game over, <laughs> or you're going to desynchronize from Assassin's Creed 2. Like, it's fine. We don't have to deal with him anymore. But no, he stays alive. Meanwhile, she's up on their airship, and uh, they kidnap her, and they're like, take off the jewels. And she's like, want me to take off anything? Fuck off! And she, uh, she actually jumps off the airship, and I'm just like, I just know that she is like a 17th century <laughs> parachute or something. <laughs> she, she does a full on see you later shit lords and just dives off see you at the end and of the meanwhile, movie meanwhile Erebus and Athos are just like you know it's kind of nice because like she went out on her own terms and she did it so that I wouldn't have to kill her and I would never be able to live with myself I'm, I'm kind of in favor of boy I miss those titties so god I almost went out on my own terms in this movie about four times <laughs> meanwhile a second airship shows up my fucking god Alex <laughs> You said an airship was in this movie. I said Did more you? than that, but I don't mind when you guys I don't was listen listening. to me. It actually makes I these better. Listening. I just forgot that there were multiple airships, and there is, in fact, an airship fight in this movie. Like, it's fucking Correct. Skies of Arcadia. You say an class. airship fight as if it's not the entire third act of the movie. <laughs> Our entire movie is building with this stupid convoluted necklace plot to just fucking sky balloons blowing the shit out of each other. Zeppelins going back and forth shooting cannons. The only way this could have been better is if it was two humongous biplanes. (laughs) Oh, yes. Imagine me just like grocery bags under my arms, carrying my phone in front of my head, walking up the stairs. As fucking Logan Lerman and Mads Mikkelsen are yelling at each other on airships about a necklace. <laughs> I'm trying to not trip because I'm on the third floor here. Oh, I give us a necklace. Oh, I did you give me the girl on you. I see you give me the necklace. No, you give me the necklace. home. <laughs> Good news. I've had a terrible day. Let's see. So I was thinking, uh, maybe ring a titty tonight. Ewok, get away from a cannonball. <laughs> or a meal for a king, I do. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> the virgin boy king. Anyway, uh, he... Wait, where is he? I don't remember what happens, how he gets from here to there. But at one point, he's battling uh, Mads Mikkelsen on top of the cathedral with a sword fight or whatever, and he and he kills Mads Mikkelsen. And he's like, that's for insulting my horse. And I just forgot that his horse is even in the movie. <laughs> like, why would you yeah. be like, when he said, you insulted my horse, I'm like, oh, that horse is going to be really important. He's going to do really cool horse tricks or something. The horse doesn't even have a name. Dude, the horse is one strike airship. away from Devil's Island. <laughs> what if the horse was or, <laughs> The horse is in three scenes and commits two crimes. <laughs> one, of the, one of the crimes is pooping. <laughs> you know how I say a lot, like, especially with modern superhero movies, you just kind of show up, you've got an ill-fitting suit with a bunch of bulbs on it, you look around at a green screen and go, yeah, sure, you're not going to fuck this up, right? Like, it'll look cool afterwards. <laughs> if you're standing there just dressed like a... Captain Crunch and just steering a big old fucking steering wheel. You're like, you guys are gonna fuck this up, right? This is gonna look cool. Paul W. S. Anderson, you wouldn't skimp out on the effects budget, would you? I'm not familiar with your prior work, but 
This ship's gonna look real cool, right? This the storm, it's gonna look real guys, sick. Guys, awesome. guys, it's okay. He's obviously got some pull. He got Christoph Waltz for this movie. What could oh, possibly go wrong? Our favorite. And Mia Jovovich. I mean, she was in a whole bunch of other movies. God, she's she's awfully close to them. I think maybe they're dating or something. How'd she swing that? <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was one battle. I think... There, is there another battle? I don't think there's another battle. Uh, we will get to the end. I'll get to that in a little second. So uh, the movie just keeps on going. And finally, Logan Lucky gets with his girlfriend. And uh, they they kiss. They have a tepid embrace of some sort. And uh, the, the Pope... Uh, not the Pope. The Cardinal's like, hey, would you like to join my elite unit? They're like, no, we're just happy being us. And uh, here's to the four musketeers. <laughs> And there is a sequel tease right, right before the other sequel tease. He's like, you will wish that you joined my forces. I'm like, oh boy, I can't wait for Van Helsing Part 2. I mean, uh, Three Musketeers Part 2. It's it's great. Like, it's worth noting that the only person that dies in this entire fucking movie is Mads Mikkelsen. So the idea of a sequel to this movie is literally just, like, all the same characters and, like, also probably, like, Jason Momoa or something. That would be... Orlando Bloom, clear that schedule. <laughs> I'll pick shot. Thank you for saying Jason Momoa, because of course we forgot when Logan Lerman's freed and jumps on the airship. And he says, "Permission to come oh, aboard." Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> I did forget. That. I forgot about that. So, any oh, everybody said James Gordon's coming back for the sequel. Holy shit! Shut <laughs> the fuck up. He's gonna be like. <laughs> he, can we can we kickstart the sequel be the to this? King or no. Something, like, somehow, like the paperwork gets gets like mixed up and it's like. I don't know how I became the king, but oh, it's so nice to be king, isn't it? Finally, everyone's waiting on me and bringing me wine. This is the life, ain't it, <laughs> Actually, no, if it was a British movie, he'd be the queen. Okay, so we have to get to... And there's really not... <laughs> I thought that like eight times since I was watching this. fucking time. Just a little voice in the background. So, uh, the... <laughs> We have to get to... Now, we've watched a fair amount of Marvel movies on here, against our will. Uh, but uh, one of the things that they usually have is they would have, like, a post credit scene. Some of them will have a mid credit scene for people who don't want to wait around. This movie has... This Present. movie has a pre credit scene. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> they knew nobody this, was staying through these credits yeah, and just moved this, it up. Dude, you that credit it. song, I fucking dare you right? to sit through yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, click... So here's the thing about the pre-credit scene. Mia Jovovich survives that drop somehow. No marks on her person. She is just fine and dandy. She looks a little wet because she went through some clouds or something. Who knows? And she's on a, an airship with, who could you guess, Orlando Bloom, who's also okay. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, you and me, we're going to work together to take down the Cardinal once and for all. Zoom out. I have never seen so many airships in my life. If you had taken a picture, first of all, I want to get this as like a picture and like make it like a poster or something and put the three musketeers underneath it. <laughs> this is the, th this is a final shot of a three musketeers movie. You don't have all their swords coming together all for one and one for all. Da -da 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 -da. There's your closing credits. No, no, no. Here's 50 fucking airships. Three Musketeers. That's what it's all about. <laughs> what would the sequel even be? How do you stop that? 
Well, they figured out a way to stop all those airships at the end of the Rise of Skywalker. Oh my god, his horse is going to come back. <laughs> I hope they don't insult it. Aramis, you and I have formed a dyad. We have to stop the Cardinal. Netflix, I know you're listening right now. This, the first one made $132 million. Just throw all of that at a sequel and people will watch it. We're not doing anything else. <laughs> the Correct. Musketeers too. <laughs> oh my god. This movie really does have just about everything. Like, I, It's a stupendously stupid movie. Like just absolutely acidite. I don't know if I'd go so far as to call it a pleasant, enjoyable watch. Like, I don't know if it works as a good, bad movie. It's really just a bad movie. Because, like, no movie that has James Corden in it can really be all that good, bad. Like, maybe Cats, but that's about it. But, oh my goodness, it just gets dumber. It's really, a, like, one of my favorite examples of, like, bad Hollywood blockbusters. It's, it's like, like legitimately just a stained song away from being the worst thing I've ever seen. This is a movie legitimately for nobody. Anyone who's like, oh, I'd love to read The Three Musketeers is like, oh, sick, Paul W.S. Anderson. I love Event Horizon. <laughs> There's no crossover. It is two completely separate circles of a Venn diagram. This is a movie that does not exist. If you do not sit down and watch it, you're not aware that it exists. It's like Hotel Artemis. It's like, weren't a bunch of people in that one movie and that director like, no, that can't be real. If a movie like The Three Musketeers existed, surely I would have heard of it. No, that can't be real. You're just misremembering it. That's just the Mandela effect. Oh, okay, now, I want to, before we stop recording, please keep recording, I want to talk about what we could watch for our next movie. Now, Alex, uh, I'm sorry to hear you went back to work at the uh, casino, right? I have been bumped back to start by life. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I that's That's really hard times. But you know... It could always be worse. Speaking... It, it's about to be worse, I know. Speaking of airships, what if... No. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what if you were stuck working on the money plane? <laughs> I'm so God, happy, because I, I was just going to watch this anyway. <laughs> that was what I was watching tomorrow morning, if I had a chance. <laughs> I've heard a couple things about this, and this seems like it is everything that we need. Uh... Correct. I saw this movie and I made the money face. So, if we were recording this on Tuesday like normal, I would have a twenty minute segment <laughs> right, for you exactly. right now. Correct. Don't even. I've it's been cool so excited. We all have this downloaded uh, already. So next week's episode, the money played. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. I love that this means that I'm gonna end up watching Money Train this week too. I, you and me both, buddy. Nothing stops the money train. All for one and one for. Burr! <laughs> and that's the tea, sis.